And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. It makes me uncomfortable. Nerd life. This is basic nerdonomics. Simple elementary nerdonomics. Nerd life. Doc doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Nerd life. This is nerda. 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 Nerd. Nerdonomics. Nerd life. Doc doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Whether writing or podcasting, nerdy is blasting. And you know my impact, it will be forever lasting. A booty kick and parody that's sung with such sincerity. Nerdy will merrily bring the neighborhood hilarity. DDT hits the air, it's just me and Doc. Like weekly therapy, it's time for us to talk. We demonstrate the need for animated wrestling debate. We punctuate, we celebrate, but mostly we exasperate. I strike fast with a cast of accents that don't last. And Doc Manson is a Casey Kasem enthusiast. Always surviving, our podcast is so thriving. Each and every week, a new one will be arriving. On Raw or SmackDown, we go town to town. And Doc will even break down events of Lucha Underground. NAI Network, we're going to be famous. Check out all our work. Don't you be an ignoramus. Nerd life. This is basic nerdonomics. Simple elementary nerdonomics. Nerd life. Doc doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Yes, Nerd you are. This is Nerda. Oh, shut Nerda. up. You like it. Nerda, Nerda, Nerdonomics. Nerd life. Doc doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Unless you're Maltaver Liam, New Age Insider Strong, bet you don't know the words to this part of the song. The second verse is a curse. It's always worse than the first, so it's a chance for Nerd DC to get some justice dispersed. I got some bones to pick with Cena. Enough to make a skeleton. I'm taking him to school. I'll make his knees all turn to gelatin. Go ahead and listen to the words of the song. It goes beyond uncomfortable. It's really quite wrong. I get you being gruff and tough and buff. You had to talk rough, but this guff is enough. You know kids listen to the stuff. Before you were decked in hustle, loyalty, and respect, you should have understood and got the potty mouth check. While I'm talking to you, Cena, time to find some repentance for your proclivity to rap in such long run-on sentences. Seriously, bro, find yourself some punctuation. Your rapping style could use a little bit of truncation. Come on, John, get a clue. You're not Hemingway or Faulkner. Those guys, if you're not sure, are two very famous authors. Now that I proved my intelligence of literary relevance, I've got some time to kill some here, some facts about elephants. Pachyderms live in packs of matriarchs, the organizer. They're Tusks or teeth, did you know that? It's true, they are incisors. DDT educates you. You are much smarter than before us. I was gonna drop the mic, but one more time, let's hear the chorus. Nerd life. This is basic nerdonomics. Simple elementary nerdonomics. Nerd life. Duck doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Nerd life. Nerda. Wiki wiki nerda. Wiki 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 nerda nerdonomics. Nerd life. Duck doesn't want to listen, but I'm forcing him to hear me. Nerd DC. I'm out of here. Oh, it's so good. It's just so good. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. It is DDT Wrestling, and we are live from the Manson Mansion. Which is hard to say. Yep. Both of them together. You started eating the pumpkin thing before we introduced it. Yes. 
Why? Here, wait, here. Doc Manson, right. at Doc Manson. I don't want a bite. I don't want it. Uh, no, you don't have to take a bite, but I think you need to show the people on Periscope. So this is what's left now of a Hostess pumpkin spice uh, cupcake. I here, You can take that phone back. I, as you can see, I've already started to devour it. This is delicious. It's, it's really... If you didn't tell me this was pumpkin, I wouldn't know. The cake really is just a spice cake. It's almost like a carrot cake or something like that. It's just spice. There's no pumpkin. <clears throat> but see, the problem is you say that about almost every pumpkin thing you've eaten so far. No, but this one, this one is like seriously just spice cake. I mean, the, the frosting is cream cheese. It's, so it's, it's really, it's like, it's like a carrot cake. It, it's spice cake with, with, with cream cheese frosting. It's delicious. <clears throat> All right. Well, while we're doing this, since we didn't introduce it properly, the whole Shocktober thing, you'll apologize. I'm holding the, the phone, and I'm trying to do other things, and I'm not coordinated even with two hands. So let me pop this up here. I actually went and did some shopping. We are going to be partaking in an Entenmann's apple cider donut. <clears throat> I went out. I, I have issue with... Price Chopper. I don't know if that's a local place for you, but it's a local place for us. <coughs> Excuse me. I walked around the entire store, and that was all they had. I'm going to have to put this down. I apologize to the three people that are still watching. <laughs> well, that's what happens when Nerd DC debuts a song. All right, so here we go. The apple cider donut. Let me see if I can hold it up in the light. Oh, it's delicious. Once again, I've already moved on to the tasting phase. Oh. It smells very cidery. There is a spice aroma to it as well. Here, uh, I'm going to just... I'm not sure that it's actually delicious, though. I'm just going to lay you down. There's only two of us. We'll probably stop this in a minute because, uh, well, why would we podcast to nobody? Let me actually get a taste here, though. Oh, we're down to one. And you know that's Mrs. Manson. Probably. I know that's Mrs. Manson. All right. I'm going to taste this, though. Now let me turn my attention to the... Oh, somebody was... Thank you, uh, at Merlawana. That was glorious. Thank you. All right. In which case, I'm stopping the Periscope. We got a compliment. That stop it? I just turned it off. All right. I don't know how to use technology. Let me actually taste this apple cider donut. It's actually not that good. I mean, it's sweet. It's, it's not that good. Yeah, by lied. I mean, it, it is good. It, it, like This is good, right? It's not bad. It's good. But it's not really apple cider. I wouldn't even say it's good. It's just sweet. You know, it's one of those things that if, like, if you went to your office and they had somebody brought donuts and you ate this, you wouldn't be sad about it. But it definitely is an apple cidery. There is a spice to it. Well, I really yes. think that's what fall is. By the way, happy fall. It is, I believe, the autumnal equinox. Isn't it today or was it yesterday? Don't ask me. I, I believe just it's like today. Spice. I believe today is the first day of fall. So let us begin this DDT wrestling. I toast you, neighborhood. I toast you with this apple cider donut that doesn't taste very good. I wish I had like a hot apple cider to dip it in. I love the fact that you criticized it and are going for a second. I might have a third. We'll see how it goes. Um, but so I think the big, you know, gorilla in the room besides yourself is definitely the fact that we just listened to the new Nerd DC single and I barely commented on it. I was, I was enraptured listening to the musical stylings there, the the, the, the rapping, the lyrics. The, the, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to take 100% credit for this song, for Nerdonomics. 100% 
This is me at work here. All these days, all these years, you dropping these crap songs and me challenging you at every opportunity to do it well. And finally, you applied yourself. You did a little singing. You did some actual rapping. Those lyrics were phenomenal. You had all those little inside little head winks and nods and peeks into DDT Wrestling and New Age Insiders. Like, you actually tried this time? And you have me, 100% to thank for that neighborhood. I am the reason why DC Matthews tries. Doc deserves more praise! I do, but, you know, in praising me, let's give a little bit to DC here. Well, thank you. Well, again, it is all completely 100% my, my fault that this came out as good as it did. But that is... Nerdonomics is the best spoof you have ever... I would, I would rank that on a rank of, you know, one to good... It actually it gets a it gets a solid good rating. That is that is that was This is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I was And excited. we've been friends for fifteen years. Well my yeah, that's probably Well, we've known each other for fifteen years. We haven't been friends though. I think we've been friends probably since we started this podcast. <laughs> no, that is not true. <laughs> I'm not so sure we were friends before we potted together. No. We lived together for four years. I think we had to be at least... We were roommates. I wouldn't call us friends. Andrew Willette saying, this is pointless unless you show yourselves. I demand it. Well, good for you. (laughs) One day I will show myself, and then, you know. I'm still waiting for Lince Dorado mask. Let's talk about the other You do know that they can't hear you anymore, right? You turned off the periscope. Yes, I know. Now you're shouting into the void. This is the first podcast we're at the Manson Mansion. I'm feeling energized here. We just ate a lot of wings. Yeah, we did. We ate a lot of honey mustard flavored wings. Yeah, we did. So I'm, I got energy here. And you just gave me a really nice compliment. And I do want to thank you for that. I am, I am the proudest of Nerdonomics of any of the songs. I will say also, I did as much crap as I like to give you on this show. I did like um, the spoof of that Flo Rida song, My House. That was yes. Called? What'd you call it? I forget what your version was. It was my house. But it was just changed the Welcome lyrics. to my house as I sit on my couch. Yeah, yeah And yeah. I eat some pretzels and I watch guys wrestle. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else in the world has ever rhymed wrestle with pretzels before, but I think I pulled it off nicely. That was probably the other good one. I'm not saying they were all good. I liked the AJ Styles song I did a couple weeks ago. AJ Styles song. The Taylor Swift song, Style. I didn't listen to that. Right? You never do. Well, that's because that was on By the Book or... No, that was on. It was just... It kept going. That was the song where you were like, we're going into three minutes. No, that was a Justin Timberlake song. Oh, that's true. That that was on By the Book. Yeah. I don't listen to those shows. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm not on it, why would I listen? (laughs) All right. Fair enough. How do you feel about that? uh, It's fine. I listen to all of your shows. I listen to the Weekly Wrestling News despite the fact I... This was the first week that I had... Pretty much absolutely zero to do with it. Can I compliment you, sir? The the thread of the Vince McMahon injuries and putting it in multiple times, I thought was very good. Thank you. I liked how I, I kept the introduction to it the, every, the same every single time, and I just sort of changed up the uh, the actual joke part of it. No, but that, I, I thought that was funny. The second time I was like, oh, man. Doc messed up. He really, he didn't, you know, there was an editing error. And then it happened the third time and I was like, oh, it's, it's a joke. It's part of it. It's shtick. And it was funny. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I wasn't so sure if I was going to keep doing the rest, the weekly wrestling news, 
We've talked about this on the show before. I know I'm just here, you know, giving myself compliments all night long. But I wasn't so sure I was going to continue doing it because actually it is a lot of work to produce. Yes. I mean, I've versus... My, and when you put in sound bites, you put in all of that. Right. So, like, it takes less time for us to record this show, like... Sometimes we do a two-hour show. And I know, admittedly, you do a lot of the editing. So, yes, you do put in more time than I do. But, like, just doing one of these shows, again, it's two hours. That's it. In and out and done for me. And even still, for the editing, how long does it really take you? Uh, it depends on whether or not the internet randomly decides to make your recording 15 seconds shorter than my recording. Right. And then fair. I have to go through and figure out where that 15 seconds is. So that, that's that's fair. But, but still, it's maybe... Most days, within an hour of work, I can get the show up and posted and usually even promoted. Yeah. But, like, that first weekly wrestling news episode, which was, like, ten minutes long, it probably took me, like, eight hours oh, yeah. or something to do. Like, it was I remember Mrs. Matthews and Mrs. Manson were texting because we were going to meet at the farmer's market. And Mrs. Manson was not entirely pleased at how much time you had spent yeah. working on that. But, well uh, worth it, though. I will say, it, it's getting quicker to do, and I, I'm, I'm now enjoying the days that I spend sort of just thinking up, you know, the script for that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And I do feel like that show is actually getting funnier on a weekly basis. I feel like it's getting more honed. I feel like I'm getting a little more on point now mm-hmm. that I've had a little bit of practice. I was impressed you got the David Otunga interview. Oh, yeah. I mean, all I, if it turns out, all you have to do is reach out with these people sometimes. Sometimes they're very willing uh, to speak with you. I mean, in David Otunga's case, not so willing to uh, communicate in a way that anybody can understand, but very willing to talk. No, and, and can I tell you, his voice sounded much better on your show than on SmackDown. Absolutely, absolutely. Who's your special guest for this week? Can you reveal yes. your special guests for this week? Well, DC, I don't know if you know this, but there is a very, very popular uh, artist. You might call him a... Uh, I don't know if it's hip-hop or uh, it's not always hip-hop. Sometimes it's rap. Sometimes it's more of a, a rock styling. I mean, he, he's an artist who I think spans genres uh, and, you know, our hearts. And he has dropped a new single this week. Um, I believe the name of that song is Nerdonomics. Let me check my computer here. Click, click, clickety-click. Yes, you're right. Nerdonomics. And the name of the artist is... Nerd DC. So yes, folks, listen to the Weekly Wrestling News, Episode 4, which will drop this weekend, because we will have an exclusive interview with Nerd DC. All right. Well, we have reached the 14-minute mark, which is usually around the time. Would you like another donut? I think I'll hold off for now. All right. It is early. Let me close this up here. I'm going to move it out of the way so when the mascot of DDT Wrestling... Oscar, yes, makes his return to the Manson Mansion. Uh, he doesn't eat donuts. Um, we we're going to talk about some other thing because we we're some. Andrew had mentioned showing ourselves. <clears throat> I am still very angry that Lindsay Dorado was not on Raw. Okay. Were you not angry? Well, I mean, a little bit. He's sort of our other mascot. Not for this show, but for a private earful, which you can listen to on the New Age Insiders Network every Saturday morning when it drops. But, um, yeah, I was sort of expecting a better showing from the Cruiserweights this week on Raw for such a hyped event. I mean, we didn't even see the champion, and we only met four of the competitors in a fatal four-way match, which, while exciting, um, really didn't, to my 
view allow any of the participants to shine as much as I maybe would have hoped. So I had no problems with the Fatal 4-Way match. And we can discuss this. I I had a rough week, neighborhood, when it comes to wrestling, specifically wrestling Twitter. I had to take a step back. The negativity was beginning to overwhelm me. What kind of negativity? Just the people who... I didn't notice negativity, honestly. At least not more than usual. A, a lot of people are really starting to hate on Raw. Now, I'm not going to pick up the flag of Raw and defend every bit of it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Major, major miscue in not having TJ Perkins be a part of that show. Yeah. It is the beginning of the Cruiserweight division, and yet you do not have the Cruiserweight champion on. And, that is unfortunate. But here's, here's the thing. I know you're still making your point, but when has this ever stopped me before? Um, I feel like for something that they've been leading up to, and they'll, there's been this excitement online that – how are they going to use the Cruiserweights? Are they going to give them a portion of the show? Are we going to see – a single segment we're going to see. Maybe they'll give them the whole first hour, really fill that extra time with this whole new division. They've got so much talent, 16 different people who apparently they've offered contracts to. It just seems like, okay, so you're building up to this, and then the first show they appear on, they get one segment, a fatal four-way? Like, you think, like, they would have started Raw off with, boom, here's a division, here's a match. But you know what? You like that? It's just a taste, because later on in the show, we're going to see six more of these guys. Like, you know, it doesn't have to all be just the first hour of the show or anything like that, but you think that they would have they would have leaned on that division as a special attraction, like they've been setting it up to be, and actually really tried to convince us that it was a big deal, especially on the first night. Had TJ Perkins made an appearance... At some point around that Fatal 4-Way, I would have had no problem with it. It is the go-home show before a pay-per-view. Also I, a poor week to debut a division. That is fair. That is fair. But at the same time, are you? Are, we have to actually, speaking of, we have to do predictions and productions. We have to. Okay. Clash of Champions is this Sunday. One of the matches I am excited for is TJ Perkins versus the Brian Kendrick. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm glad it's part of the pay-per-view. But I agree. It is an odd choice. I think I got my hopes up, and I'll come back to the negativity later if I don't forget. They had the purple Raw logo, and it said Raw Cruiserweights. When I saw that logo, I immediately thought, they're going to give them maybe not an hour, but it's going to be like three or four segments in a row, and it's just going to be the Cruiserweight section of the show. And I didn't get that, and maybe we will, maybe we won't, maybe this was just an I mean, odd. I'm perfectly happy for them to do those segments split up across the show. It doesn't have to be in a row, but you would think with all the talent they have signed that they could mm -hmm. give them more than one segment. Gentleman Jack Gallagher, not on the show. Nope. Now, granted, somebody wrote on one of the Dirt Sheet sites that, you know, they have high hopes for him, they like him a lot, so maybe they're saving him for a big... Moment. Can you even remind me who was on the show? It, it was, was Grand Metallic, it was the Brian Kendrick, and... Rich Swan. Rich Swan. And Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander. And okay. I thought Cedric Alexander was the biggest star, and a lot of people did as well. He was the guy who shined the brightest. I also think he's the most indie of them, so we're going to kind of appreciate him a little more. Sure. Um, I thought it was interesting. I didn't really pick up on this until I listened to NAI Pod this morning. They changed Kendrick's finishing move. It's the same move, 
but they no longer call it the bully choke. What is it called? The captain's hook. Because he's a pirate. And also, I don't think they want to use the word bully or on television. Choke? Maybe not choke either, but I've seen them use choke before. Okay. And as a teacher, I understand we're not allowed to use the word bully in our school. Like, if a kid says the word bully, we're supposed to go, well, it was mean, but because now bully has a whole legal connotation to it and all of that. Sure. But at the same time, you know, I thought it was awkward. And I don't like the move name Captain's Hook in general because he is, I tweeted this out, he is six to eight weeks away from swinging in on a rope like Paul Burchill did. That's going to be glorious. Glorious. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know, so again... A lot of people are hating on Raw. I think you're going a little bit too far. Raw was not nearly as bad as many of you think it was. I disagree. It was bad. It was what? It was bad. But it was, people are talking about how just Raw is awful and you can't even watch it. It is so terrible. And I know you chose not to watch it because you don't like Roman Reigns. So well, you did that not happened watch. to be. I mean, I didn't watch that, but I turned the show off long before Roman Reigns. Well, I mean, I guess he was in the opening segment as well, but I, I powered through that. But, I mean, I turned the show off. I don't know when it, exactly when it was, but there's not much that I'm really interested in on that show. And when you have Stephanie McMahon take up the first half hour, I, I, I'm just not engaged. But, and I guess, you know, I, underst- I do understand that. But maybe my issue is just people who are just, instead of providing rational explanation and maybe it's because you only have 140 characters instead of providing rational explanations for it like again tj perkins not being on the show really bad idea but people are just being overly negative oh god it sucks it's terrible just sucks so much but you're talking about a show where they are now going into the seventh match of a best of seven series Against Cesaro and Sheamus, a series that nobody ever asked to see. That had two matches beforehand. Right. Match nine of a seven-match series. Yes. If you can believe that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like, what are they doing? And then you've got the Shining Stars. I know they're doing something at least sort of interesting with them, but... I don't like the tourism gimmick, but I like everything else. I like their look. They're good wrestlers. I like that their feud with Enzo and Cass... They've had a change. You know, they are not matadors anymore. No, that is a positive. good thing. Yeah, instead they're just you know timeshare um, junkies. Like that's not really a better situation for them. Ultimately, they you at least can see their face. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's that's there's not a bowl around. But like, I can't yet. even remember what other segments there were on that show. Bo Dallas. Yeah. Okay. I could not ever see that again, and that'd be oh, fine. Oh come on, Braun Strowman. Also, I could crush. I don't need to see him. I don't remember who we faced. Sankara again. Great. And I think Nia Jax had another. They do have way too many squash matches. And again, you are articulating your point in a. Excuse me. I have to send a text. In, you are articulating your point in a well thought out manner. Look, this so. is the sweet science that I talked about weeks ago. Well, on that's, and perhaps that's it. Because I am, I, I have a lot of your sweet science around me. Then what happens is when all these people come on and just are just negative without the rational explanation, I get cranky. Yeah, you know, send a series of tweets and say I didn't like this because of this, and I'm 
I'll be like, okay. But what? Do but you do you know? really want a series of tweets from people about why they didn't like a show? As opposed to just responding to, you know, and I think maybe that's also it. They interrupt an actual conversation that I'm having with someone else to just say, well, it sucked. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That's not very helpful. That's not yes. discourse. Yes. Stating an opinion. I am Listen, looking people, for discourse. Yes. People, you're welcome to your opinions, but just butting in with, oh, well, it sucked. That's not constructive like that's not leading anywhere i'm coming with you know your reasons try to have a conversation go back and forth with someone i mean yes that's the beauty of social media be social don't just put your opinions out there yeah talk about them i'm not saying that raw is better than smackdown obviously that is not the case smackdown has had the more consistent show week after week after week but what i am saying is let's not just crap all over monday night raw there were some nice moments. You know, your personal feelings uh, against Roman Reigns aside, the main event was good. And Rusev had uh, another moment. Wouldn't know. I didn't see it. I know you didn't. The cage match was good. Owens was good. Machka something was hilarious. And I'm getting criticized for how I opened <laughs> the box of donuts by the peanut gallery over there. How am I supposed to open the box of donuts? From the big perforated thing that says open here. Obviously, I don't buy a lot of boxed donuts. Right in the middle. I didn't know that was there. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm terribly sorry. You're welcome for the donuts. Would you like to bring some home with you? No, I'm good. Are you sure? Yes. Yes. In fact, it's probably a good idea that no one else knows I had these donuts. (laughs) That's what I thought. Um... So, yeah, I don't know. And again, I don't want this to be an entire show where we are negative about the negativity. No, sure. But, but, you know, getting back to Raw, I'm in a really strange place with Raw because I think I could be very happy just not watching Raw, period. But at the same time, I like... Even when I don't enjoy Raw, I like Raw. You know what I mean? Like, I want to watch it. I want to like it. I want to see what those people are up to. I like Mick Foley. I like Enzo and Cass. I like Kevin Owens. I like Chris Jericho. I like Sammy, etc., etc., etc. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much... There's components and things on there that I want to see. I want to know what they're up to. I don't want to just not watch. Mm-hmm. And the nature of the show is very reactionary. It's live, obviously. Anything can happen at any time. They can completely change around their creative, their storylines, and start doing something new, a new angle at any point. So, you know, it feels... It doesn't feel like it's something that is logical to just stop watching because the the possibility for that, you know, 10 out of 10 enjoyment factor to just suddenly come out of nowhere can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know. I'm starting just to get tired of waiting for it, I guess. Well, and I understand. And you have the moments, Sasha winning the title, Owens winning the title. The moments are there that make you glad to be watching. But I can understand, and maybe this is to a broader point, with, I, you know, the, the Justin Timberlake song I parodied, or Nerd DC parodied, excuse me, uh, last week. Don't you try to taking credit i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry he, it just the music speaks to me so much i feel like it's it's a pita it's a piece of me it's a, part a pita of me. a pita of me i'm so hungry mm, um because somebody stole the donuts <laughs> no it's okay it's fine i don't want to oh she she put them in a bag well that's love You're, you take such good care of the ddt wrestling crew except there were four 
Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. Two pay-per-views a month, five hours of wrestling in two consecutive nights. It does get tiring. And I'll freely admit, I need to. I didn't watch all of SmackDown. <clears throat> I wound up falling asleep early, and it just when I woke up in the morning, I was dragging, didn't get the chance to, and it hasn't happened yet. I will watch it. I want to see Miz versus Ziggler. I want to see Ambrose versus Cena. But it's very hard to stay current in the world of yeah. wrestling with everything that's the going on. The bottom line is there's too much wrestling right now. That's just the bottom line. There's too much wrestling. And if I have to watch something at the moment that I know is going to be a solid show throughout, it's SmackDown. Or Lucha Underground. Well, yeah, Lucha Underground, obviously. But um, did you know? Yes. Uh, oh, you did. Never mind. No, what? Uh, well... I read somewhere, and I don't know the person's name, so I apologize, but the head writer of NXT was moved to SmackDown slightly before the brand split. That would make a whole lot of sense, because SmackDown has been the excellent show. And it kind of does have those you know, simple, direct storylines that we were sort of appreciating in that you know, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor eras yeah. of NXT. Well, and NXT has certainly felt different in the last few months. Like, I enjoy it. I'm still a week behind on it, but I enjoy... Part of, I think, NXT's <coughs> issue right now, part of NXT's issue is just, um, you know, so much of their talent got taken away. And don't get me wrong, they have a lot of talent right now also, but they were in a weird phase where they had to establish that talent. You know, I mean, Bobby Roode coming in, yeah, everybody knew he was great, but they, they are still sort of just running through the motions of getting his feet under him, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. I did, did you watch his match versus No Way Jose? When was that? From last week's NXT. I may have seen that, yeah. I, he is, you know, the match was better than his first match against Almas. You know, they're still figuring out the entrance. He Instead of being up on that big high thing, he was on a rotating pedestal. Okay. So he literally was just spinning with his arms oh, out. Was silly or... it, it was silly. I don't si- remember that. I think I watched it. I don't remember it was that. silly, but at the same time, it was in its own way glorious. So, okay. like, I'm enjoying what they're doing with Bobby Roode. Um, you know, they're, they're focusing a little bit more on their mid-card guys, which is good because... They don't, you know, you have Samoa Joe and Shinsuke at the top, and then there is a relatively deep gap before you get to Rude and Aries and all of that. And then there's another gap before you get to Ty Dillinger. <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Sadly. Um, but yeah, so I'm enjoying NXT, but I would believe that completely, that SmackDown now has the writer with the mojo, so to speak, right now. That so just seems to be the case. Um, I would. I think you're on to something there. Yeah. So... Like I said, I don't want to just turn this into another love fest for SmackDown and bash on Raw. SmackDown but. has been good, but I think Raw has been fairly good as well. I enjoyed Rollins versus Rusev. I am enjoying Seth Rollins, the babyface. Except you know. he's not. I saw it described somewhere that Seth Rollins right now is the bizarro Bo Dallas. He's the babyface that thinks he's a heel. Just as Bo Dallas is the heel who thinks he's a babyface. Okay. Uh, and I totally see that right now. Um, Rollins, he's pretending like he's a heel, despite the fact that everybody 
loves him and wants to cheer him, which I think is so strange, you know, given that he's a terrible wrestler that injures people all the time. He is a very good wrestler who happens to cause some injuries. I will, I can't argue that point. I'm a little nervous for Kevin Owens. I'm not going to lie. Eh, he'll if, be fine. If, if he's if, a rough and tumble kind of guy, if Seth Rollins tries to buckle bomb him, I think everyone's going to cringe. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I like that comparison. I think it's clever. I think he is. It is just becoming slow. He's not, you know, getting on the microphone and apologizing to the fans. He's not doing any of that corny stuff. He is. He is, however, more engaged with the fans. And what I think is what I've noticed more is that his in-ring style is much different over the last few weeks than it has been. He was never diving off cages and diving, you know. He's doing a lot more of what I would call Shawn Michaels' high-flying moves. You're saying he was not doing those dives previously? Not in the same way. I, you know, now granted... You didn't, okay, you didn't see him during the Shield era. That was very much his shtick. Yes, but I'm saying since he turned on the yeah, Shield yeah, okay, and became yeah. the architect... This has not been a major part of his moveset. Even when he introduced the frog splash, that was kind of a change. Yeah, you know, you're right. For him. You're right. So, yes, I do remember some the, – the few Shield matches I've seen, it does – you know, he was the high flyer of that group. You had the brawler, the high flyer, and the technical guy. And now you could make a case that the only one – well, Rollins is coming back to that. Reigns kind of never changed it. And Ambrose is crazy. He's way crazier now than he used to be. What did you think of Ambrose beating Cena? Since I have admittedly not watching it, I apologize, Chris Hawk. I'm a terrible person. We well, know that. I, yeah. What uh, do you think? What did you think of uh, Ambrose getting that big win? Big win. Was it really that big? You tell me. I didn't see it. I don't know. Um, it was just a small package roll up, sort of out of nowhere. They're just continuing this. John Cena's lost his mojo, losing his smile. So, I mean, he disappeared for a couple weeks after he lost AJ Styles. And, you know, all things considered, he's going to be leaving to do some uh, television show tapings. So, I'm guessing that's where they're going with this. I, I well, know. but he's, and I guess it's he's a big got to wrestle at no mercy. Well, yeah, first. But, I mean, I, I guess what they're kind of, I mean, I guess you're right. It is a big deal. It's the first time he's apparently lost clean on television since, like, 2009. Versus like Triple H or something, yes. I think is what I heard. So, I, I mean, I guess it's a big deal, but I don't, I don't know. I really don't keep track of things like that. I don't really think it's. I don't know how many average fans do. Not that you are an average fan; you are purely, clearly above average. However, thank you. I think most fans. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> Hi, Oscar. How you doing? He's chewing on a rope. I, I, I don't think a lot of fans do pay attention to that. But at the same time, he lost on SmackDown. No matter how it happened, that's a fairly big deal. You I think would so? Say. Why? Um, because he... I don't remember, you know, you said it has been seven years. And again, a lot of people don't pay attention to those kind of things. But at the same time, he... I lost he... my train of thought. He, you know... He is the he is Mr. WWE. He is Mr. WWE. He is Mr. Hustle loyalty and respect. So the fact that he would lose cleanly because it wasn't a, there wasn't a distraction, there wasn't any of that. It was literally just a roll up. You could call it a fluke, perhaps, but it happened. He lost clean. That doesn't happen very often. 
it, you know, maybe it's to make up for the fact that Ambrose lost the title. Now he can say he beat Cena and legitimizes him for the No Mercy match, even though he has no chance of winning regardless. Do you think... This is a thought that came to me this past week. Do you think it's possible that John Cena will never win his 16 world championship? 16th. No. I think he wins 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they've, they've spent so long now with him stuck at 15. And the last time they pulled it out, I think it was against uh, Rollins, where he said, I'm going to do what I always do because I say I'm going to do it. Yes. Like, that was the time when I felt it. Like, that promo connected. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's on. John Cena's going to do it. But, like, since then, like, he's had this prolonged sort of mid-card run. He doesn't even have a mid-card belt anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. We talked about this a little bit before. He's John Cena. He's a 50-time world champion. What, is, what has he done to deserve this title shot? It doesn't matter what he's done. He's a 15-time world champion. He's turned himself in at any time. But I, I can't help but feel as though that character is starting to lose its mojo to the fact that I don't know that another title reign is inevitable but then again then again that's exactly the storyline they're telling right now so maybe i'm just a mark and i'm eating up the story they're laying down right i think we have to factor this in and i'll say this really quickly before other things happen i suppose um i think that we got to remember he's gonna wrestle at wrestlemania 40 he's got another five or six years of semi-regular matches in him he's got at least one title i'm sure he's gonna have to vince mcmahon wants his standard bearer champion to be john cena not rick flair whether or not he actually makes it to 20 i like to say that because i think it's possible but i doubt that's really gonna happen but at the same time i i do think we're kind of falling into the story which is good which is probably again if the nxt guy is now on smackdown that means that he's doing some good writing and we're kind of you know John Cena is shifting his character, and ultimately, that's the best thing that could happen to him right now. If he had just flat out won, beat Ambrose, and then won 16 at No Mercy, people would hate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, at least they're doing something interesting, I suppose, right? Very true. Um, so I know that you might need to make moves. Yes, I need to go pick up Mrs. Matthews. I would say either... You and Mrs. Manson should discuss Lucha Underground in a lovely, <laughs> quick Manson family podcast, or we can stop and start yeah. re-recording. Uh, I think we'll pause, we'll take a quick break, and ladies and gentlemen of the neighborhood, DDT Wrestling will be right back. And we're back! And better than ever. You know what the best part is? We said we'd be right back, and then we were instantly back. That's so why the I people said listening sh- to this podcast... It literally just, no time elapsed. It's like Back to the Future. It's like we left, we went and had our adventure in the past, and now we're back to the future, right where we left off. I should have gotten one of those books so we could have predicted all of the things. Oh, the almanacs? Absolutely. All right. We are back, and we have a couple of things left on our docket before we head on out into the good night. Docket? Is that a joke? No. Why would it be a joke? Doc Manson. Doc it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as you were saying. Oscar. It, it, 
Clash of the Champions is coming right up Sunday. Another pay-per-view. I can't tell you how excited the women in our life are that there is another pay-per-view. More wrestling? More wrestling. I didn't think there was enough wrestling. There can always be more wrestling. That's the mantra these days. So let's get right to it. Clash of the Champions. There are eight matches. And I'm not even going to waste any time. I'm going to start talking about the pre-show match. Doc can chime in whenever he wants. I'm not going to make him try to predict them all because that's just mean because he doesn't really watch Raw anymore. Uh, the pre-show, the only match that has been announced right now, I'm sure we'll get Enzo and Cass versus the Shining Stars added sometime in the next few days. Alicia Fox versus Nia Jax. Again? Yes. How many times have we seen that? Just the once? Just the once. So we'll have to see it for a second time. I can't see this going any other way than Nia Jax winning. Yeah, I mean, what? How, what is the end game here? Doesn't she? If this continues, eventually she's going to have to insert herself into the title situation. Does she just run right over Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte and win the title? Is that where we're heading? I mean, the only thing I could see really doing with her is. Maybe you put the belt on Sasha. She has a nice little run. Nia Jax is ready, takes the belt off of her, and then Bailey comes in and defeats the monster. That's kind of what they did in NXT. Except, of course, Bailey was the champion at the time. But you know, like I could see something like that. I could but... see that because then you could potentially set up Sasha gets jealous, turns heel. Then you've got Bailey versus Sasha. So I like guess that's that... that's such a long time from now. Like I don't understand what they're going to do with Nia. In the meantime, Paige, (sighs) Dana Brooke, Summer is injured, apparently. Yeah, I don't understand Nia Jax. I think she was called up too early. I think they should have waited until things settled, and she could have been one of those later call-ups coming from NXT in the fall. I agree with you 100%. They called up a bunch of people, and for most of them, if not all of them... It really worked out well for Finn Balor. It did work out well for Finn Balor, but it didn't work well for Apollo Crews. It hasn't worked well for Nia Jax. It didn't work well for Finn Balor's shoulder. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Apollo Crews, man, can we just talk about the sad story on SmackDown? Did he lose to Baron Corbin? He did. Baron Corbin sent that man back to Ring of Honor. It was ridiculous. Like, what are they even doing with him? I don't understand. Like... He's this big guy, and but it's based off of his size and his athleticism. You feel like he's a credible threat, a credible wrestler, but they seem intent on never establishing, never giving a character, never allowing him to actually breathe or grow as a performer in this company. What are they doing with Uha Nation? Spinning their wheels. You know, the guys on NAI Pod today, well, I suppose it was yesterday, but I listened to it today, said that, you know, Cedric Alexander was the wrestler that... WWE wanted Apollo Crews to be. And I don't necessarily agree with that because Apollo Crews is literally the total package. He has power, he has size, and he is freakishly athletic for a guy built the way he is. And? He has no eyebrows. He's an excellent speller. (laughs) He is an excellent speller. Uh, Cedric Alexander, I, I can't speak for his spelling skills. Maybe that will come to pass later in his WWE career, but he is not the power guy. He is, he might be a strong cruiserweight, 
but he is a very, very athletic cruiserweight. So there's a slight difference there, but I agree with you. It's not on SmackDown necessarily. I would also say to pivot to Raw again, I don't know that Enzo and Cass are doing great. It's not on my list, but Enzo and Cass are going to wrestle the Shining Stars probably on the pre-show. I wouldn't say this has been smooth sailing for them. It hasn't been, but I feel like all they're really doing with them is they're keeping them away from New Day. Until they develop something with the New Day, until New Day goes somewhere, until New Day loses those titles, you know, and they get put onto a heel tag team of some credibility, yeah, they're not doing anything with Enzo and Cass. So do you believe that this is, the Sunday is the day for new tag team champions? It is New Day versus... Gallows and Anderson for the tag team titles. Uh, New Day won. Or no, Gallows and Anderson won via disqualification at SummerSlam. Is this the time? I think we talked about this last week. Is this the day we see new tag team champions? Uh, No, I don't believe that this will be a new day for the tag team championship division. I do. And I predicted this last time too. Hello, Oscar. You are very cute. Uh... I think it has to be time for Gallows and Anderson. And I know there's perhaps some, you know, they've got to set the record and break demolition streak. And I do get that, the historical piece. I don't know why they would be concerned about that, though. Like, it's a, they don't they claim it's like a different lineage for the belt at this point? Like, I'm not even so sure why. They all have it. The Cruiserweight title is not the same Cruiserweight title that Hornswoggle won. Right, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it anymore. But yeah, I think New Day wins... Because I'm not sure that they are committed to Gallus and Anderson the way that we all sort of think that they should be. I think Gallus and Anderson right now are going to be seen as transitional champions to lead us to Enzo and Cass. And while I think that could be correct, I just sort of feel like like Enzo and Cass just started this thing with the Shining Stars. And I guess New Day would have to have time to have a rematch with Gallus well, and, and Anderson. And really, is this feud, <sighs> is this feud long term? Like, are we going to see them in a Hell in a Cell match Who? in October? Enzo and Cass versus the Shining Stars. This I can't be it. a long feud. Enzo and Cass should win and move on. Yeah, that's probably true. All right. So, we've got a... There's our first difference. I penciled you in for Nia Jax winning against Alicia Fox. I don't see any other way. Okay. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho in a battle of the... Uh, we don't have anything else for you, so why not feud with each other? Right, so what was the most recent development between these two? Did they interact at all on Monday? Jericho came out, Enzo and Cass were there, Gallows and Anderson were there, Jericho then left the ring, Sami Zayn oh, came yeah. out, and it led to the 10-man tag. Right, right, right. Um, And how did that match end? The faces won. I don't remember who pinned who, but the baby faces won. So that would seem to suggest that Jericho... Picks up the win here. Uh, this is a feud I could see lasting until the next pay-per-view. Yeah. This is something that has potential to last. This could be Sami Zayn's first big thing in WWE that does not involve Kevin Owens or himself separating his own shoulder while walking to the room. But don't you think that this could be Sami Zayn's... Hmm. Now, let me re-speak. Let me rephrase. So this could be Sami Zayn sort of building himself up to become more credible if they wanted to go that way. But to what end? Would they really be making him credible to feud with Kevin Owens as champion? Because I don't know about you, but I kind of get this feeling that Kevin Owens is not 
I mean, maybe I'll be wrong about this, but do you think Kevin Owens is going to be a long-term champion long enough that he's going to get through this initial feud and a couple other feuds to work his way down to finally have that feud with Sami Zayn? Is he champion long enough to see Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for this title? Is he champion long enough? Yes. Does Sami Zayn challenge for this title? Probably not. And I think that's more a reflection on Zayn than Owens. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think... Do you think they're with Owens for the long haul? I think he holds it till at least the Royal Rumble. Okay, so... The, 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 the problem with this is there are so many... There's Reigns, there's Rollins, Balor's going to be back at some point. There are enough potential other guys to hold that title. This isn't... SmackDown? You know, SmackDown, there's Ambrose, kind of, sort of, not really anymore. There's Cena, there's Styles. And I guess maybe there's Orton. Don't forget about Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I, that hurts too much. He's a god. He better run. He's hey. a, the god of losing. Yeah, apparently. We, That's all he does. There he goes. Um, but, you know, and not to mention, I know I read somewhere, which might be a topic for another show, that Brock Lesnar is apparently going to challenge Kevin Owens for the title at the Royal Rumble, which seems ridiculous. But. I say Jericho wins here, and this feud continues into October. And maybe we get... I would enjoy seeing those two in an actual cell match, leading to... Am I supposed to pick him up? Is yeah, pick him up for him over. And he just fell over. Yes, okay. He he's not making this easy for All right, us. he's not. And, I, and I'm not a dog person, so I don't know how to pick up. How are you not a dog person? You had a dog. Right I now. have lots of dogs, none this size. My dogs are the kind that can pick me up and carry me around. That's a lie. You've never had a pony. You were a bruiser as a toddler. You've told me this before. Yes, I was. <laughs> okay. Who are you predicting? Um, What's the match again? Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho. I'm going to go with Chris Jericho, I guess. All right. Uh, there's a great joke I wrote for the Weekly Wrestling News, and I don't want to spoil it. I won't be using it. Oh. Are you talking about the one about Cesaro and Sheamus? Yes. Yeah, Cesaro and Sheamus are wrestling in match seven of the... That's that's a hilarious joke. It's a pretty good joke, but I already had a joke about them that I like just a little bit better. Right. But I'm sure that the uh, the neighborhood will decide they like your joke better. I, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that. No, my, that's fine. My sense of humor is uh, uh, definitely in a uh, obtained taste, I guess. All right, but Cesaro and Sheamus in match seven. I don't know if this means anything. I don't know what it has to. I don't know where they go from here. Besides, maybe having match eight at the next pay per view. Well, do you think since it's. Uh, Match number seven that we're going to see the luck of the Irish play into this. Ooh, the luck of the Irish, eh? Ooh, patio furniture. Patio furniture. Patio furniture, eh? Um, I hope not. Me I would too. Like to, I would like to see Cesaro win, but I can't say that with any circumstance. Cesaro is the Bray Wyatt of Raw. He's the guy that, now granted he doesn't call himself a god or anything, but he's the guy everybody wants to win who rarely, if ever, does. So I'm going to predict Cesaro out of just pure hope, but I'm not confident about that prediction. I feel like they're trying to make Cesaro into something. So I'll give it to Cesaro as well. I would love to see the winner of this, whether it be Cesaro or Sheamus, go after Rusev in the U.S. I title, I feel or like, whoever the U.S. champion is. I feel like Sheamus 
has his place in the company. He is a former two-time world champion. I kind of feel like that's... He is what he is at this point. Cesaro, I still feel like, has that... Has room to grow? Perhaps. I would I would love to believe it. So are you going with Cesaro? It's already written down. All right. I don't remember writing it down, but apparently I did. That is my hand. I moved the pen with my mind. You have many powers. So with your many powers, you are uh, perfect... However many matches there are in a 32-man tournament. 16, 8, 24, 28, 31... I suppose that would make sense. 31 matches in a 32-man tournament? Yes, because everyone has to be eliminated, except for the winner. So 31. Matches? Yeah. Okay, I guess so. 16 opening round matches? Oh, I guess so. Then four, then two. Yeah, you're right. All right. Uh, I was not with you there. You were... My bad, I was calling your math into question. Don't call my basic math into question. All right, I bow down before DCNet. Bow down to the king. That's Oscar. Hello, Oscar. All right. Uh, you were perfect. 31 for 31 in terms of your productions, which happened after the match. In I weird, made that speaking, production before the match. Speaking of a weird back to the future sort of thing you did. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. I okay. producted at the beginning of that term. We go back to the first episode, and I got them all right, just like I producted. Then product now. Who walks out of Clash of the Champions, the Cruiserweight Champion? Is it TJ Perkins yes. or is it the Brian Kendrick? Yes. That's not an answer. My production is yes. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> I'm literally writing the word yes down under your name. This is my logic here. Uh, they haven't even shown us TJ Perkins to Raw yet. They can't take the title away from him without him ever actually having shown up. Brian as- Kendrick is a former world champion. Yeah. He's also a guy who was formerly known as Spanky. I didn't make him have that name. I know you didn't. All right. So I think we both agree Perkins should defend this title. Don't get me wrong. I'd love Kendrick to pick it up. Have this be a hot potato belt that just gets back and forth and all around. And we have 18-time cruiserweight champions by the time next month rolls around. Like, that'd be fine. But Should it be defended with a 24-7 Absolutely. 100%. I like to see people, you know, baking their morning coffee and pinned at the uh, Hotel Six. Pinned at the Continental Breakfast Buffet. That would be hilarious. All right. U.S. title. Rusev. Roman Reigns. No matter who wins, we lose. That's not true. You're right. I like Roman. Uh, No. You don't like Roman Reigns. I don't like Roman Reigns. I'm slipping here. I like Rusev. Let's give it to Rusev. I'm giving it to Rusev as well. Once again, this great radio where of one, two, three. You just wrote (laughs) Ruru. I did write down Ruru. <laughs> We're not allowed to do this in person anymore. <laughs> I'm sure our wives would appreciate that very much. They're trying very hard to ignore us right now. We've we've predicted and predicted six matches, and we've disagreed once. Well, I don't know what to tell you, man. No, I, I would like it to be Rusev. I don't think it's going to be Roman Reigns. This is one of the predictions I'm actually the most confident in, besides really? Nia Jax. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on Roman Reigns. Why not? Despite the fact that Raw ended two weeks in a row with Roman Reigns getting beat down and put in the accolade. I just, I think they're telling us a story. It is, it is literally the Roman Reigns road to redemption. And it can't end with a U.S. title. I think this, this honestly ends with him 
ascending back up to the world title picture. And despite the fact that no, none of the internet fans are going to go with it, I think he's going to eventually win a world title by beating probably Rollins, who is the guy I don't think he's ever beaten yet in terms of, and win the title. Maybe it'll be at the Rumble. Maybe it'll be at WrestleMania. Maybe it's even at Survivor Series or something. Maybe Survivor Series becomes Roman Reigns' event since he won his first title at Survivor Series. Uh, but I, I think this story, he needs another couple of losses for this story really to work. It's like Dolph Ziggler, who just seems to keep losing as hard as he tries not to. Uh, so I'm going to go with Ruru, as I did write down, because I wrote Ru twice. Women's title, Charlotte versus Sasha versus Bailey. Do we see a new women's champion? Because right now you are saying no new champions. You're also saying no new champions. I am not. I'm saying new tag team champions. I think Gallows and Anderson win. Hmm. Let me think. Now, it could be that at the clash of the champions, no titles change hands. But what say you, sir? What say you? I'm actually not so sure about this match. Um, for some reason, they seem very hesitant to use Sasha at all. Um, even immediately after, you know, the Divas Revolution began, for some reason, someone back there doesn't seem to believe in her very much. And then they finally put the title on her, and they have to take it off her right away due to an injury. Um, so I don't think she wins. And then that leaves Bailey, whom I don't think is very well established on that roster yet. No. I mean, they could just come out of nowhere and give it to her. She's got that character. And like certainly they've been building up the idea of Charlotte thinking that losing to Bailey is the absolute worst possible thing in the world that could possibly happen. But it seems too soon. It seems like... It seems to me... That the story they're actually telling, I don't know why this is, is Charlotte versus Dana Brooke. And I don't know why they're telling us that story and these other two people are just in the wings. So this is a roundabout, meandering way of me saying Charlotte retains. I absolutely 100% agree with you when it comes to Bailey. It is way too early for her to win the title. And I think she needs to win the title off of Sasha. Like that, those two need to be, in a way the female equivalent of Owens and Zayn. Can I ask you a question? Always. Okay, let me ask you another one. Do you like Bailey? No. Well, do you like yes. Bailey's current incarnation on the main roster? I liked Bailey in NXT. I liked that awkward girl. I liked her growing in to the champion that she became. But I don't know if you've noticed, but Bailey's character on the roster now yeah, she's a little awkward, but honestly, she's more, she's, she's cocky. Like, it's watching her interact with Sasha and be like, hey, dude, and like, it, it, there's something about it that's not clicking with me. She's too confident in her awkwardness, and I'm not saying they had to reestablish the character from Ground Zero when she came to the main roster. I just feel like that character has reached some sort of personality plateau that does not, it doesn't connect. It doesn't jive. There's something about it that's just out of frequency. There's some sort of, you know, Well, I think this is the problem. Imbalance there. This is the problem that is going to happen with NXT. 
NXT being on WWE Network and being something that anyone who owns WWE Network can watch, the problem's going to be you have to respect that. You can't wipe that clean. You have to you have to respect that and go with it. You have to honor the storylines that are told. You can't have her grow and grow and grow in NXT and then go backwards. Agreed. I don't she think gets you, And I don't think you can have her go backwards, but at the same time, where she has finally arrived is not interesting to me. Bailey was interesting because she was this awkward sort of underperforming character who, you know, was finding herself growing as a person, becoming I mean, you know, this is a silly sort of analogy to make like you know i don't want to go all the way to a, a sexual awakening but to some degree she was what no hear me out here they're, they're telling a classic sort of literary story with bailey of her becoming a woman and they're not telling it in, again a sexually awakening thing like you would maybe see in the awakening which is a book which they would read in junior high so don't give me that uncomfortable look um that was very much what they were high. doing it was becoming you know the story of her becoming a woman. And now that they've gotten there, I don't think it's that interesting anymore. There's, I agree. I agree point, with you. She's your, a now a static character. I agree with that initial premise. I, you lost me in the awakening idea. All right, that was an aside. But really that's anyways, fine. But you know what but I'm the, saying. The, the general premise is her being, you know, there is something cute about her being in awe of the stage. You know, being out on Raw, being in the ring with Mick Foley, that has some play, but then you're right. Then she's doing this whole, Sasha, it's me and you, just, you know, and it's like, I get that you have a previous relationship with her, you've feuded, you've you've been friends, you've done all of that, but at the same time, you can't be awkward and confident at the same time. It, it, it just feels off. There is something off. I won't say she's static, because she hasn't been here long enough to do that. I think we have to see how this plays out. But there is something off about her character that I can't quite put my finger on, but something does not seem right yet. Yeah, that's where I am, I guess. Okay, and I, I think that's true. You know, I would like to say they would give it to Sasha and make this title, you know, Charlotte doesn't need to hold it, to continue to hold it. There could be, if she's going to feud with Dana Brooke, it doesn't have to be for the title. They could have two stories or three, depending on what they did with Nia Jax, where Charlotte and Dana were feuding and Sasha was feuding with Bailey or Sasha and Nia, which I actually think would be a more compelling story than Bailey and Nia, because we've seen that one already. So I'm tempted to give it to Sasha in the sense that this is, you know, Clash of Champions. You assume titles will change hands. But you're right in what you said earlier. WWE seems hesitant about Sasha. There's something that, again, that they're not confident in with her. So I'm going to say Charlotte as well. All right, that leads us to the main event. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. You the played few, your hand a little earlier. You said you thought Owens was going to be champion until Royal Rumble. I continue to believe that. I think he... Despite the fact that he is the longest reigning universal champion of all time, in all worlds, uh, it is too early for him to lose the belt to Rollins. That belt cannot change hands twice, because Balor did hold it, even if it was for 24 hours. That title cannot change hands twice in a two-month period. 
Somebody has to hold it and establish that belt. And if they're going to go with Owens plus, Triple H is going to... I have to imagine Triple H makes himself known in this match as well. And... If it weren't for the Triple H factor, the fact that we still know nothing about what happened there, Mm -hmm. um, I think Owens retains simply based off of the possibility of H just inserting himself yet again. Yeah. Um, I do think that happens. I think Triple H makes himself known either as a distraction or blatant interference. And I think these two are in a cell in October. Yeah, I think that's possible. Because it's the Raw show. They usually have at least two cell matches. This is one. You don't think that they're going to wait? You're not going to do Rollins versus Triple H at Mania? No, I'm saying Owens versus Rollins. Oh, I Owens versus Rollins in a rematch, and they put him in a cell to keep Triple H out. Okay. No. Owens, I mean, Rollins and Triple H is either Mania or the Rumble. Yeah, I agree with that. Or Roadblock. Oh, yeah, that is the December pay-per-view. That's a December pay-per-view? Yes. I thought that was right before Mania. They're moving it to December. Oh. They have not announced the names. But the clever name... Of that show, Roadblock, is predicated on the fact that it happens on the road to WrestleMania. Yes. However. So they've moved it to December, so that's such that it's before the Royal Rumble, so the ro- meaning... It blocks the road before the road even begins. It's literally just a fallen tree in the forest. There are times when I hate the WWE. <laughs> and this is one of those times. Yes. SmackDown is doing TLC, and... Raw has Roadblock. Unless they change it. They could change things. They could, you know, they have old names. They could call it Armageddon. They could call it No Way When are they bringing back Halloween Havoc? That's all I want. That's a WCW property. They're not going to bring back WCW property. I thought Clash of the Champions was a WCW property. Fair point. Sir. Fair point. All right. I have no defense to that. I would love to see them bring back Halloween Havoc. (gasps) Yeah. Eat it. I consider it eaten. <laughs> How's your popcorn? The dog loves it. It's the only reason why he's being quiet. All right. So we've talked about the pay-per-view. We've talked about the week in wrestling. Um, we have been talking about, for quite a while, uh, the fact that we were not getting any emails. And you said it, I said it, we talked about it on this show, we've tweeted about it, and the neighborhood, our besties, responded in force. Can I ask you how many, how many emails did we get? We have two, four, six, eight, and ten. The perfect ten emails. How many different people wrote this? Is that just one person? Is that just Nate or Fishman? Did they just write and send us ten? I checked this earlier today. Ten different people. Jonathan, Glenn, Nate, Mitchell, Josh, Danielle, Brandon, Che, Ethan, and Pav. We have at least ten actual fans? Slow clap. Listening to this show? We have, writing us emails? We have ten fans, and my Chromebook has 13% battery, so let's get to it here. Going back all the way to September 15th with our good buddy, Pav. Greetings, Team DDT from Jelly Old England. Pav is from England? I didn't know that. We are international, my friend. 
a bit lonely sitting in this inbox by myself lately. Come on, neighborhood. Show your support for DDT Wrestling. And they have. They have indeed. Thank you, Pop. Seeing the Jack Swagger segment on Raw, Jack Swagger segment on Raw, got me thinking, how can SmackDown add depth to its roster without trades or waiting till the 2017 draft? The contract expiring angle isn't the best way to go every time, as before you know it, you have the anti-brand rivalry segment of 2009, where Batista just announced I'm going to SmackDown without explanation. I feel with the cruiserweights coming, Rock can afford to dispatch with some of its mid-card. Dare I say, upper mid-card to fill depth on SmackDown. What, 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 what do you think about that comment? Is there an upper mid-card on Raw? Is Jack Swagger upper mid-card? No, Jack Swagger is lower mid-card, if not enhancement talent. But a guy like... Uh, you could make a case that right now Roman Reigns is upper mid-card. Yeah, I he's not. So. Re- well, he's kind of main-eventing. In the spirit of buy the book, my suggestion would be Shane raises enough capital from his outside ventures to purchase some talents from Raw. Stephanie and Foley could then use this cash to offer pay raises, give some talent their own pyro, or play up the extra costs of filming three hours live, perhaps even intensifying the Ms. Bryan feud on SmackDown as he is made to take a pay cut to fund these purchases. I'm not saying these ideas are to be taken seriously, but you can get my point as far as why Rock could kayfabe need the money and would need to sell talent to fund the cruiserweight signings. Whereas a package deal to require the likes of Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, or even Chris Jericho would help SmackDown immensely. Bob. <laughs> this is a long you, email. This is a long email. As I alluded, my idea isn't the best, so what would you do to increase SmackDown's roster without trading talent to do so? After listening to Buy the Book... I've never heard of that show. That sounds... Like a terrible show. This week, it became very apparent that by WrestleMania, this could be a problem. I believe if Raw was two hours, the draft could have transpired differently, and this issue wouldn't persist. What is happening to Casey Kasem? (laughs) Is he having a stroke? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you age insiders, give me a follow. My responses to your online debates don't appear on your mentions. Would love to talk to you guys. Frowny face, frowny face. All right, here's your problem, Pav. I can actually fix this. Here's your problem. You are protected. I can't retweet you. What does that mean, protected? You have to, he won't, whatever his thing is, I believe it's on his end. He's allowed it. So there are certain people where they have the little padlock symbol next yeah. to their name. You can't retweet them. A padlock symbol? Nice. Ah, nice. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I sound like a complete idiot. Uh, but because of the Pavlock symbol, you can't retweet you. So you're not going to appear on those mentions. You're not going to get the followers that you deserve being a great, if long-winded fan. Didn't Glenn do that? Didn't he have yes. something? But didn't he make a new account to fix it? I don't remember if he had to make a new account to fix it or not. Glenn, was... send us an email because Pav needs your help. Pav, you fix meet this. Glenn. Glenn, Absolutely. meet Pav. Um, I feel like we've talked about it. Samoa Joe. What about him? And Ty Dillinger. You call up some of the NXT talent that isn't necessarily required to be there anymore. You bring them to SmackDown. It builds depth on the SmackDown roster without requiring trades. You sign Samoa Joe and Ty Dillinger. Boom. You know what I would love to see? What would you love to see? I would love to see Asuka rolling around. No, I mean, I'd love to see Asuka... um, 
on SmackDown. I agree with that. I was, really ho- I was really hoping Bailey would end up on SmackDown. Did you enjoy the way Alexa Bliss flipped that table that did not look like it was meant to be flipped on Becky Lynch? It looked painful. It did look painful. I liked it. That table, weekly wrestling news, should be brought to you by really sturdy tables. <laughs> All right. We've got nine more to go. So buckle in, friends. It's our good buddy Fishman. You want me to read one? Do you want to take... I, let me take one. I'm not going to do an accent. Let me take one here. You don't want to read this patio furniture? No, I don't. Because as you know, <laughs> as as Nerd DC mentioned in Nerdonomics, sometimes what people have a problem with is they start in one accent and it just literally travels the globe. I feel like that is one accent you might be able to stick to. Would you really like to it, try it, it? It feels to me like every accent you try just turns ends up Irish. at petty, patio furniture. Okay. So maybe if you just tried it, it I will stay. give it a whirl. Let's see what happens. Greetings once again, DC. No, see, I can't even get I know, you didn't even stop. I'm Robin Leach. I know, what happened? <laughs> All right, just, just read it. it, just read it. Greetings once again, DC and Doc. Yes, I get great Wi-Fi down here in the abyss. Otherwise, how could I listen to the shenanigans of DDT Wrestling? He has a good point. He does. And he didn't use a question mark, but that's okay. Here's my question. Now that the CWC is over and TJ Perkins has been crowned Cruiserweight Champion, it begs the question, does another defunct championship need to be reborn? I'm sure if you remember back to the NWA WCW days, there was a television title. So here's a scenario for you guys. Pick four wrestlers either from Raw or NXT to bring to SmackDown Live to contend for the newly created WWE television title in a Fatal 4-Way Elimination match. Do you think this would work seeing how they've brought the Cruiserweight title back? Love the show, as I'm sure you know. Thanks again for the laughs. Freshly battered and fried. Fishman. Sounds delicious. Another little tartar sauce, slather them up. What is tartar sauce? Uh, it's basically relish mixed with mayonnaise. Oh. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I learned something today. It's delicious. Isn't Russian dressing just ketchup, mustard, and relish all mixed together? Yeah, together? so basically tartar sauce plus ketchup. Okay. Yep. There you go. DDT Wrestling. Entertaining and informational. Uh, this is a similar question to Pav's. Which is probably part of our problem that we don't pre-read these. Uh, a TV title. I I love the idea. William Regal, Lord Stephen Regal, greatest TV champion of all time, besides maybe Arn Anderson. But um, if I had to, let me go with the spirit of the question. If I had to pick four guys, um, Samoa Joe, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and let's bring up. Austin Aries or Bobby Roode and have them fight for it. That would be entertaining. Sure. Um, I'm going to go the complete opposite way and not entertain the spirit of the question and instead obstruct um, because that's what I do. I don't think SmackDown should bring back a television title. Um, Do you think SmackDown should bring back – should SmackDown have a light heavyweight slash cruiserweight division? Well, okay, so that's one area I, I could expand into. Um, I would like to see a cruiserweight division on SmackDown, but at the same time, I understand Raw's got a lot more time to fill and they want to make it a special attraction, so whatever. As much as I would like to see it, does SmackDown need it? No, obviously, right? They've been putting on some good wrestling shows just the way they are. So I don't really feel like they absolutely need it. Would I like to see it? Sure. Do I need it? No. 
But in terms of a television title, I do think it's a good idea in the, just to have you know a championship that you could defend on television and make the show maybe a little more interesting. But honestly, I've never seen the need for something just to be called the television title to get that across. Uh, there's no reason to me why the Intercontinental Championship simply can't be regularly defended and traded around mm-hmm. on weekly television. Well, the U.S. title has not... When was the U.S. title mattered most in the last five years? The John Cena yeah. U.S. Open Championship. When it was being defended on a weekly It was essentially the TV title. He just happened to keep it for a while. Correct. But that's the same thing. Absolutely. Do that with the Intercontinental Hub. And that seems to be the way we're going here where Miz restructured his contract but obviously didn't read the fine print because, you know, the Miz isn't the type of guy who would have lawyers do that for him. And now has to defend the title regularly. I think we're going to see him defending the title on a weekly basis against weekly his basis. will. Yeah, I against think so too. His will, and it's going to elevate the intercontinental title. One hundred percent. I agree with that completely. I love the idea of doing something again. There seems to be a notion that SmackDown is lacking in depth, which is odd considering how well their television has been lately. Yeah, I don't think it's lacking depth really. Uh, I, I do think that there are some some questionable spots once we've seen Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles feud with each other for a couple months I don't know where you go from there I mean I guess you have AJ Styles feud with Orton and all that but that's not something that I'm looking especially forward to alright another lengthy one I'm sorry this one comes in from Shay hey guys as you're both also from the UK oh we're big Hey guys, as you're both excellently covering everything current in WWE, I thought we'd fast forward a few months and try to book Taker's assumed final match at Mania this year. I don't know who's assuming that. Are you assuming it's a final match this year? No, but some people are. See what you think of what I think are plausible scenarios, and please add slash amend your own booking outcomes. Uno, Kevin Owens. Owens, who by the time Mania rolls around will have lost the Universal title, decides as a prize fighter the biggest prize available to him is ending The Undertaker's career. After a hard-fought match which KO wins, Undertaker offers his hand as a mark of respect. KO goes to accept, but throws Taker out of the ring and delivers a powerbomb to the apron, gaining monumental heat moving forward. What do you think about that one? I would rather see Kevin Owens face Undertaker than seeing Kevin Owens face Brock Lesnar. And I'm terrified he'd kill him giving him an apron powerbomb. Finn Balor. After winning a hard-fought match as the clear underdog, Balor takes over WWE's next wrestle-spooky silly main eventer for years to come. They both embrace, leaving... T- <laughs> Did you just see Finn Balor embracing The Undertaker? Coming and he- up to his sternum? <laughs> They both embrace, leaving Taker to drop to one knee alone in the ring. Maybe Taker drops to the knee, then they embrace with Finn Balor standing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Does his pose and Mania ends with the image of Taker leaving the arena? I like that part. And if Finn Balor is the guy to end the Undertaker's career, um, I'm going to be cranky for a long time. John Cena. Cena inevitably battles back against all odds and ends the career, but people take it a lot better as he wasn't the one to break the streak. I think people will be a lot more willing to see this match happen now that the streak isn't on the line. 
Match ends, similar to Balor's scenario, a handshake, and a feel-good slash emotional moment of Taker's retirement. Why is Finn Balor the only one hugging The Undertaker? Cena's more of a handshake man. Well, I think John Cena, would they would do the bro hug. Mm. I don't know. Um, do you think we're ever going to see Tane? Tane. <laughs> Taker. <laughs> Tane. <laughs> Okay, wheels are coming off the car, folks. Uh, do you ever think we're going to see Cena versus Undertaker at yes. WrestleMania? This WrestleMania. Yeah, me too. Kane, the final endings of the nostalgic brother versus brother rivalry ending in the retirement of both guys, a lot of fire and purple lasers, and the show as both brothers box the brand for the last time. I like that idea, except it would never end the show. Sting, Sting comes out of retirement for the one final match. They work up a first and second match of the hundred combined years, both come with the vesicle dust in the ring. Even to come out, sweep the reins into an urn. That's actually really funny. I'm going to reread that one again. <laughs> Sting comes out of retirement for that one final match, and they work a poor spectacle of a match until the over 100 combined years both crumble to skeletal dust in the ring, leaving Vince to come and sweep the remains into an urn. I want him coming out in overalls to do that. Overall, like, overall... Shay, Shay, I need you writing for the Weekly Wrestling News. This is... That is well done. That was really good. That's well done. That was really good. Wait, let me... What was it? Skeletal... Skeletal dust in the ring. That is... is Sweeping into the urn. That's a great image. epic wordplay. All right. Uh, Or does Taker beat Wyatt again and go for another year while the company figures out who can retire him and what is the best way to go about it? Loving all the different content you're putting out on the network. Keep up the great work. I think all the listeners appreciate the time and effort you guys are putting in. I hope so. Thank you. Regards, Shaybot. Thank you. At Che1717. You say Shay, I say Che. Che? Che. Che? All right. Uh, skeletal dust. That's pretty good. I, You know, I, I like the, the John Cena story. I like the Kane story. Uh, you know, it would be a nice way for them both to go out against each other. I, it would I think be- there's a certain poeticness yes. to that. All right. Brandon McIntyre. Good buddy, Brando Mac. Why are you throwing popcorn at me? So the dog will come and get you. I don't want... Anyways. It's been a while since I have written an email to you guys, and I'm going to change it up with a non-wrestling question for Doc. Oh, I'm glad I'm doing this. I like when people do things I'm for curious Doc. to hear Doc's thoughts on the new... Doc's thoughts. I like that. Doc's thoughts. Like on deep the... thoughts? Yes. With Jack Handy? On the new collaboration between Meatloaf and... Was that the name? Was it Jack Handy? It was Jack Handy. <laughs> Doc thoughts. With Doc bits. <laughs> Uh, the new work. collaboration between Meatloaf and Jim Steinman, Braver Than We Are. Oh, yeah. Also, I would like to know his favorite song from the album. Mine is Going All the Way is Just the Start. That um, That is excellent. That song is probably the one from that album. I'm sort of partial to, um, to Gods. It has a unique sort of sound to it. I, I, I don't think it's... I don't. There's just something unique about it. I, I won't say it's like an all-time favorite or anything, but that one stood out to me as well as just sort of having a unique sound. And I don't know, Brandon, if you actually if you got the bonus content or not on that album, but they have a songwriter's demo of um, "I Would Do Anything for Love," which so I mean, obviously it's not a very well produced version of the song. It's an early sort of recording, very raw, 
And uh, honestly, that was that sort of that little bonus content from long ago was um, to me really the highlight of the material that I got on that album. Although, again, uh, going all the way <clears throat> is um, is excellent. Is definitely excellent. So, um, was that it? Was it just about Meatloaf? Yeah. All right. Well, in which case, I'm going to move on to the next email. Thank you for writing in, uh, Brandon. Uh, next one comes in from Danielle. Hola. I would love to see a private earful continue with commentary on NXT until the next tournament arrives. Or maybe Lucha Underground. But that would probably work better between Mr. and Mrs. Manson. Hey, I will have you know it is Dr. Manson. Mr. Manson is my father. All right? Let's get that straight. <clears throat> now, that said, um, you know, DC actually did talk to me about possibly doing Lucha Underground. While I think that's a great idea, because, again, I haven't seen it from the beginning of the first season, it's just sort of restrictive because... It's not available for streaming anywhere outside of iTunes. I don't have an Apple TV. And I just, I feel like we both would have to pay the price to get the season pass. And it just seems cost prohibitive to do so. If somebody buys it for us, we'd do it. Well, 100%. But we don't got any of that sweet Patreon money. So I'm just saying, if somebody wanted to get us some Apple, you know. I mean, we could watch iTunes on our laptops as long as we installed the app. Just we would need to pay for the season pass. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, anyways, um, NXT is not a bad idea because at least it would get me to watch NXT on a weekly basis, I guess. But the problem that I have with that is, um, and this is going to sound bad because ostensibly I do like NXT, but there are a lot of weeks of NXT that aren't worth watching. You know, like the last ones, like leading into a takeover, like immediately after a takeover. Yes. Like there's a lot of, there's just a lot of this, these recap shows and things that I don't think, so I mean, I guess we would just skip those weeks or do a different themed show those weeks. I, it's still up in the air. I don't you know. know. I, I'm, I'm open to watching this season of Lucha Underground. I know Mr. Manson is better suited for it. Right. Sorry. Uh, you know, NXT would work and yeah, we would have to fill it up. I'm also open, just saying, let's crack open the Attitude Era, and let's do a flashback podcast. Now, I'm not against that. The only problem I think I have with the Attitude Era is... It's long. It's two hours. I mean, not without commercials, I suppose, but it still would be a significantly longer show than what we were recording for the Cruiserweight Classic. Yes. I don't know whether or not you feel like that's something we could sustain. I think you and I can do hours. Oodles. fair enough. Oodles of pods. Uh... So that we're, I mean, obviously still up in the air, but we appreciate the thoughts. NXT is a possibility, and maybe we're thinking about other things as well. It'll probably be something related to the network, though, honestly, just out of convenience. I think that you're right. Um, we'll watch all the legends with JBL. Number two. <laughs> a private earful almost got canceled. Uh, number two. Are the DDT Awards on their way? Of course. Of course. However, the DDT Awards are an end-of-the-year award show. So it's not coming immediately. We're talking December, January time frame. Yeah. End of the year. We recorded on... Didn't we record four hours of show on New Year's Day? We did. And I'm very disappointed with you because I didn't get, like, the full 12 hours of DDT Awards that I wanted to do last year. You really... You really made us burn through that last grand finale list. This year, it's not happening. Okay. We're going to lock ourselves in a room. All right. All right. Fine. 
Number three, weekly wrestling news. Oh, it's a mail for the weekly wrestling. Interesting. With Oktoberfest approaching, maybe you all could incorporate the German festivities in a skit or storyline. Someone could easily get intoxicated. I nominate Doc Manson. I've been stocking up on German beers and food, and I just finished eating wafer rolls, which were okay. Wasn't enough dark chocolate on it for me. That's a great idea. Oktoberfest just happened, I think, last week. I mean, I know it's a whole season sort of thing. There was an Oktoberfest done by a local brewery, rather, is what I meant to say, that we really enjoy, or my friend GQ and I enjoy, not not DC here. But uh, they had their Oktoberfest celebration last weekend, and unfortunately I was not able to partake. I'm currently um, not imbibing alcohols for the most part. As shocked as you might be that we've been able to record for an hour and a half of insanity without the use of alcohol. But lots of apple cider donuts. Absolutely. Four. Food tasting fun. Dip the pumpkin bread from Starbucks into the pumpkin spice latte. It's the only way I like both of them. Also, the new chili mocha drink is good. Maybe try combining it with a slice of lemon cake. I just thought of that, so I may give it a try tomorrow. Uh, Danielle Sully. Danielle at Danielle Sully. 19. Please let us know about the chili mocha lemon cake. Yeah, I want to know about right back. That is something I actually want to hear about. Um, I'm morbidly curious. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that could be good. Because lemon cake on its own is one of the most delicious foods in the world. You think so? I love lemon cake. I like lemon cake. I like it with a nice little raspberry sauce. The local deli that we have sells, like, the lemon pound cake wrapped in... Oh, so good. So good. So good. So good. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure I'm out trying, how I'm in my works. head. I'm trying to figure out. We're halfway done. I'll do the next one. Oh, oh no, sure. I'm doing this one. Come this on. This one comes in from Josh. Love the show, guys. I enjoy hearing your takes every week. So now, on to my question. Who impressed you the most out of the cruiserweights this week? This is nice. This is nice. A quick, quill quip. Succinct question. Succinct a question. Right to the point, Josh. We appreciate that. Um, I, I answered my. I answered this already. Did you? Earlier. Cedric Alexander, by far. Okay. Um, I think it was probably... Hmm, I'm going to say Sami Zayn. I'm going to say Sami Zayn. If his career for the next two years, if he was pretty much exclusively a cruiserweight wrestler, would that be enough for you? Sami Zayn? Yes. Well... At least then he might actually win a title, so sure. I, I'm i inclined to agree. You know, <clears throat> part of me hopes Zayn can use a feud with Jericho to springboard into being the guy to beat Rusev for the U.S. title. Sami Zayn would be an ideal choice for that. But I also... I can th- see that. I also think he could be wrestling Cedric Alexander, you know, a Sami Zayn-Brian Kendrick feud. Leading us into 2017. I'd like to see that. Mitchell Monroe. Good buddy, Mitchell. So Cesaro got his feet up on the ropes to pin Sheamus in match five. Then when Sheamus tried the same thing in match six, he got in trouble. Seems very odd to add those moments into the match for no reason. What if Cesaro goes against what everyone thinks at Clash of the Champions and loses, but it's via DQ and he turns heel? Then Miz loses his Intercontinental title at No Mercy and demands to be traded. Then a character-rejuvenated Cesaro could potentially be on the main event roster on SmackDown. Though it would be at the expense of Miz's title reign, which would be sad. Thoughts? 
from Mitchell Monroe. Yeah. I mean, as far as fantasy booking goes, I like heard worse. I like the Suzuki. I meant that in a positive way. Okay. I've listened to buy the book at least once. That was terrible. Da, 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 da. There are, I could actually throw things at you here. You could just hit me. I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> um, I like the idea of a Cesaro heel turn. I, I don't know if it can come at the expense of Sheamus. I don't think you can turn heel against Sheamus. No, you can't. You're right. That's, that's actually, that's just impossible. I, yeah. Uh, no matter what he does. If he pulls out a chair, if he pulls out a ladder, if he literally pulled a machete out of his rock tape pouch he made and stabbed him in the mohawk. Did you see the rock tape? Yes. Just sort of sticking out of his trunks in the back last yes. week? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's not going to work. I like the idea. If he loses here, I could see that potentially coming to fruition later. Sami Zayn, again, would be an ideal guy. That was what first... That was what was happening in NXT when I started watching with Sami Zayn and Cesaro, which was excellent. Oh, those were excellent matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that idea. I do think The Miz winds up traded at some point, though he and Daniel Bryan are so good right now. Well, The Miz is. Daniel Bryan's never been one for talking. But The Miz is so good right now, you would hate to change that up. But all right. I like your idea, Mitchell. Thanks for the email. I agree. Oh, my goodness. It's our buddy, Nate. Bestie Nate. Back Hello again. again, Doc in DC. I only have a few questions for you guys this week. One, do you think it was the right decision to put Bailey in the triple threat this Sunday? Well, you know, if they hadn't put her in the triple threat, I think they would have been missing a person. We've been getting quite an abundance of triple threats lately. But do you think it was good to throw her into the women's title mix? Yes, for now, because otherwise she'd be taking Alicia Fox's spot against Nia Jax. True. Uh, Have we been getting an abundance of triple threats lately? Well, we've got Cena, Ambrose, and AJ lined up. That makes two. Yeah. What was before that? I guess there was Owens, Rollins, and Reigns. Okay. Yeah, there was that. So, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, Two, with Ty Dillinger. Seeming to be close to done with NXT... I'm not sure about that. I wish. Do you see him coming up after Survivor Series, or does he stay down even longer? I would love to see him come up, but if he hasn't come up now, why would he come up later? There's a story being told with him where he seems to have found his mojo again. I would imagine that would continue in NXT to some extent. Yeah. Thank you. Three. How excited are you for Luke Cage? It's going to be the best Marvel Netflix show of them all. I think he's an excellent wrestler, and uh, he had a great match against Tejana on Lucha Underground That's last night. That's Brian Cage. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Got confused. Uh, no, I think Luke Cage is going to be excellent. Everything I've seen about it, it's new, it's fresh. He the, the acting is good. That's a great character. I'm excited. I'm also very excited for Iron Fist. Is he anything like Johnny Cage? Uh, no. Oh. Except they both fight. So I actually guess. don't know who Luke Cage is. Power Man. Who? Power Man. Does he have robotic arms? That's Jax from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Luke Cage, I'll show you a picture. Does he look anything like Wesley Snipes? Um, No. This is the traditional Luke Cage. Does he look anything Cage. like Denzel Washington? 
I'm really scared to answer these questions. No. That's what he looks like. Moving I think on. that that picture you just showed me looked like Denzel I Washington. I have 9%. Glenn. Good buddy, Glenn. I, I mean that seriously. I think he had a very similar facial structure to Denzel Washington. Okay. I don't care enough to continue talking about this. That's not important to me. <laughs> Yet again this week on SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler turned into an HBK tribute act. Who did? Dolph. Oh. What would you guys do with him to turn his fortunes round? Fire him. <laughs> Moving on. That is what I would do. We've passed the hour 30 mark. We're never good past an hour 30. I don't know. Honestly, Ziggler. Fire him. I don't know what else you do. Put him out of his misery and make Jason Maltov uh, sad for a bit, but ultimately happy in the end. Finally. Fall is officially here, which means more pumpkin spice taste tests by Doc. Any ideas of different pumpkin spice items you'll be trying? Keep up the great pods, John Morse. Well, John, as you know, I tried the Hostess Pumpkin Spice Cupcake at the beginning of this show. It was a spice cake with some cream cheese frosting on top. It was delicious. But not, not really pumpkin. pumpkin-y, but I liked it. You're going to need to apply some sweet science to the pumpkin thing. Oh, and actually start scoring it on yes. some different categories? Pumpkin-y, spicy, an overall fall Tilt. feeling. Tilt? Well, the tilt will just be, you know, did I, the, your enjoyment factor. Oh, you know, scale I one. thought you meant literally the tilt of the food. Like you set it down and measured it with a level. I guess you could do that. That'd be really scientific. I'm not sure why. Well, you know. I mean, how long would you do? Like, would you like wait for the digestion and like see like the other side just to like to have, we could do like density tests and like consistency smears and... <laughs> I'm going to throw up apple cider donuts all over the floor. <laughs> for those of you who have made it to an hour 37 mark with us, I apologize for the fecal jokes. Wow. Not since GQ talked about shower farts has this show gone so blue. All right. Your piece of positivity to get you through the week there, sir. Oh, um. What you got? What you feeling good about in the world of professional wrestling? You go. I'm, I'm thinking. You go. You go. I'm, I'm trying to think as well. I enjoyed. Um, I'm a week behind on NXT. I enjoyed that we're seeing some of the cruiserweights. I enjoyed Drew Gulak. I know you mentioned it on the weekly wrestling news, uh, but I did <laughs> enjoy seeing that. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Bo Dallas. I'll go ahead and say I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from Seth Rollins right now. The new, the the slightly different move set is working for me. He's changing slightly, and that's enough for me. If he had done a blatant 180 degree change, that would have been way too fast. So I'm digging Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins Rusev is a match I've always wanted to see, and now I can say I've seen it. I'm happy. What about you? Uh, on SmackDown this week, hopefully you made it this far. It was after the Usos had their match. There was a <laughs> backstage segment oh, Rhino. with Heath Slater and Rhino. Crush those crackers. <laughs> he was just pounding those crackers, man. He was like super into it. Like he like you know, Heath Slater was doing the Rhino, Rhino chance, and he was just not having it. And he was just stuffing his mouth with those crackers. Man, I don't know what is going on, but Rhino is having a renaissance right now. This is the most entertained I've ever been with Rhino. Absolutely. Um, 
It's brilliant. He's Slater. Who would have believed? Well, and then I, he said something about the double wide and your, you know, 256 kids. And Rhino just takes a handful, like a large handful of crackers and just crushes them and throws them down. That oh, definitely was so my wrestle silly highlight of the week. That it was, was fantastic. It was really, really well good. Well done. Well pulled, sir. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this live. We are in person. My head is on his shoulder edition of DDT Wrestling. I apologize for the lower audio quality, but hopefully um, the energy made up for that. I, th- I think we are very energetic this week. I think we're going to get a lot of good feedback, especially since we had 10, 10, 10 emails. That was I only three. Well, that's true. I'm hoping, or 30, depending on if you did multiplication. Uh, I don't expect 10 emails every week, but I do appreciate it. Thank you to all of them. Absolutely. Thank you very much for taking the time. To John, Che, Brandon, Pav, Ethan, Danielle, Mitchell, Glenn. I know there's more. John? I said John. Uh, Danielle? Josh. Josh. I said Danielle. There's one more, and they're never. Did I say Pav? I didn't say Pav. Pav, you said, cool. you said Pav. John, we're never going to close the show. You now. had eight or nine. I'm, we apologize if we missed you, but seriously, folks, thank you for the emails. Yes, that was fan- very heartwarming. They were fantastic. We feel good. Uh, hopefully, we have an iTunes review. We won't check it now. Hopefully, you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash New Age Insiders. Get your DDT Wrestling and NAI Network merchandise. We will be back with some sort of episode of A Private Earful uh, coming to you on the NAI Network in just a couple of days. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? I'm good. I am good, too. May all your journeys be filled with apple cider donuts that were hopefully better than the ones we had. Unless Edmonds wants to sponsor us, in which case they were delicious. So good. So good. He's Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. We will see you around the neighborhood.